Mic check, mic check. Where the f is my check? You now tuned in to do rags and boat shoes. Let me go ahead and get this turned down. What is going on, everybody? It's your boy A Double, and y'all are tuned into episode 99. We made it to 99 episodes, and I ain't been pulled off of SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, and uh, wherever else I'm on. I ain't been pulled off yet. So thank y'all for rocking with me for so long. So I got the 99 Problems track playing in the background, um, just to let y'all know what time it is, and so y'all won't forget this episode but i just want to say thank you to everyone who's listening from episode 1 to 99 if you listen from 89 to 99 you know if you listen from 54 to 72 you know whatever you did if you listen if you loved it if you hated it you hate listen to it every week i thank you um i, I this started off as uh, i used to blog a lot and uh, people would say that I was funny and each blog that I would do would have you know it would always be humor wrapped in truth as most things should be you know so it'll be an easy pill to digest and so I just wanted to really try my hand a couple years ago at a podcast and just see see where it got me see what happened and uh, it, it's it's a blessing to come this far and for you guys to take this journey with me and um you know i'm just very appreciative i'm very thankful for the audience that i do have um you know i know some folks are doing some crazy numbers out there on podcasts and things like that but i like my nice little snug family you know and uh but still as always you know tell a friend have that friend tell about 50 friends and everything like that and i see people are getting caught up uh, on my podcast because like i said i'm averaging between 400 and 600 plays a month but it's from people going back listening to old episodes and you know trying to catch up so it's all appreciative i'm very thankful for that um and the east coast is rocking with me tough i don't know what's going on over there but it's, it's very heavy in the east uh, when I look at the pod track statistics and things of that sort, and people are listening across all platforms, uh, but mainly it's iTunes, and I'm thankful for that, for the iPhone gang gang, bang bang, blue bubble gang, and uh, you know, uh, please listen on Stitcher and SoundCloud. Also, there's an app, you know, for my Android users, the Green Bubble Gang, that you know fucks up the group chats. But uh, yeah, I'm I'm happy. We here, we rocking. And me and the team were just kind of tossing around ideas about, you know, where do we go after episode 100? Um, is this something where we start heavily marketing this? And then because we got some social media strategies on the way, um, there's even talks in us of, you know, filming episodes and things like that. 
and uh, getting it popping on a YouTube channel or our own website. So uh, we got some domain names already saved up and bought. So can't nobody really try to flip on us like that if they hear this. But the domain name is already bought. But I think I'm going to get a website launched definitely and uh, figure out how to get around, you know, uploading through SoundCloud and just uploading myself off some kind of cloud server so people can go back and listen to old episodes. But I don't know. We'll see. Uh, SoundCloud really ain't hating like that. They only hate if I play some music that's, uh, you know, copywritten and shit like that. They had one epi- one of my episodes taken down back in the, it was back in the 50s. Um, I played, uh, I think, 30 Hours by Kanye West, and they took that shit down within a week. So I had to re-upload it and all this other goofy shit. But, yeah, we here. Um, and I hope y'all keep rocking with me till I get to, you know, episode 9,999. You know, so we just gonna keep it going, um, keep this this uh, momentum going, and uh, you know, keep feeding the streets. You know, I always say I'm doing God's work, just in case He blinks. You know, so that's all it is. And uh, let's go ahead and get started on that good old damn summer jam screen. So there's been many reports coming out right now of uh there's an fbi document that's been floating around since august well it just got leaked to the press somehow some way about bies and what's a bie it's a black identity extremist so basically it uses examples of micah johnson the young man that was uh that killed those six cops down in dallas and there was another brother in louisiana who was upset about the uh, police killings that um, killed some cops before he was killed. And um, there was two other small incidents that were used uh, in this report, which is wild, right? And so this is just basically saying that your blackness is a crime. They used black identity extremists. So these are black radicals. This is what they're trying to say that there is something going on against law enforcement with black folks that with the recent strings of the rise of black lives matter um with the the police killings being caught on tape and with the former uh administration uh on policing uh, under the obama administration that was headed with uh what's the, what's that sister's name uh, she was part of the commission the ferguson commission uh Brittany Pacchietti. And uh, um, Brittany Packnet, I think that's it, yeah. And her, her Twitter name is like Miss Pacchietti, but she was part of the Ferguson Commission. And then uh, there was another commission uh, about policing, and they're keeping track of actually, you know, the police killings. So they're talking about with all this that there's going to be black extremists out here, black identity extremists. And I hate how they say black identity. Like, so if you identify as black or you automatically part of this group so they call them bies so this is just something made up to make your blackness become a crime because you know um what is it how does the phrase go to be aware of your blackness in america you're always in a rage just to always be in a rage something along that line and there's so many people waking up to the bullshit around them everything from taking down statues to the reparations talk 
to calling out white supremacy on the national stage like the NFL players that it's going to shake up the establishment and the establishment the government whatever you want to call it the system how it is in place right now it works off of people becoming sheep and people being divided into their own little groups that's how it works uh, that's how it's easier to control a group of people if you let them huddle up group up uh, and have this tribalism thing going on right now which we are seeing the black folks as a collective we're just we're we're actually coming together waking up and realizing this system ain't for us we need to replace this system with a system of justice so now all of a sudden you have the fbi have this document supposed supposedly leaked you know um and this is i feel like it was leaked on purpose so people so the police department will go harder even more on black folks and have an excuse to uh kill more black men and beat the shit out of black women uh, that's what i that's what i genuinely believe that this was leaked on purpose to the press and to get out there out in the open so it's like hey it's a black identity extremist and it's just some you know dusty little little crip crip from down the street you know what i'm saying who was out just hanging out on the block or something like this you know and you know and then he dies and you know gets killed at the hands of police but then all of a sudden he's labeled a terrorist because he was a black identity extremist because he tweeted some bro some pro-black things on twitter or he was on facebook liking some pro-black pages and things like that and i get the sense that a lot of these pro-black pages on facebook is the feds i really do because some of them are just be talking crazy about white folks like crazy to the point where you just like okay this sounds like this meme that you put up sounds like how a white person thinks a black radical speaks you know it's just you know these crackers are not humanoids they really lizards and shit like that it's just like uh, this is the feds this is the feds right here that's all it is trying to keep track of you on it's a low-level fed you know on desk duty a desk jockey on facebook trying to do this shit but it, like i said it's just giving police uh law enforcement a an excuse to use more lethal force on us and to have an excuse now we know um the fbi has been watching just watching white extremist groups and things of that source but there's some sort of trickery afoot that i feel is going on here and uh and what you're going to see is the next step is them to start targeting influential black people like people who actually talk the talk and walk the walk who put their money where their mouth is and have some actions behind them and basically what they'll try to do what they always do is they'll get somebody in your camp you know to be a paid informant you know they throw some money and some trinkets at them um they'll also start flooding you with all uh flooding so-called leaders with all these types of different letters emails um tweets uh, facebook messages you know to try to spook you or scare you it's a digital poison pen letter you know uh, negative comments on your facebook page or your youtube or flagging it so much that it's actually getting taken down so you have those two tactics 
or they use the uh, tactic of putting out false information about you to say that somehow you're turning on your own community or you're doing some shit you know that's the total opposite of your message in reality so those are the taxes tactics that are always used you know they'll use somebody that looks like you as far as you know same skin color and things like that ideologies somewhat uh to try to get close to you and try to flip on you or someone with a similar message as you kind of you know um take your swag and your content and things like that and then try to put you against that person and then the fake person you know comes out years later as being an informant like there was an asian guy uh who uh was with the black panthers and he was offering arms and uh combat training to the panthers and it came out years later that he was actually an informant for the feds so there's all kind of shit like that people are being bought out um they'll come after your family threatening your family and shit like that because that's one thing that the feds do not want is just a group of people waking up rising up and realizing the bullshit that's right in front of them because they think they're thinking along the terms of uh chaos and things of that sort and this report is just straight up bullshit uh because they're using examples of what's going on it's talking about it could be a rise in blacks killing uh police officers but just a few days ago we had that daniel hollis incident uh where this white dude uh, killed a police officer was it at texas tech down in texas somewhere and do you know so far this year white men have killed cops in over 20 states about 25 states i think to be exact so far this year but you name in four incidents in your police in your fbi document report about blacks uh, killing uh, police officers you had two incidents where it was uh, multiple killings of police officers but then the other two incidents i think was just people fighting back against cops i I should pull up the document right now but i don't feel like doing that but it's total bullshit and i just want black folks to kind of keep your head on a swivel and uh just understand that a lot of times uh you know just just watch what you're saying online um with your phone if you're gonna you know speak truth to power or you know uh, huddle up and you know brainstorm about black development and uh taking back your community and doing what's right for the community you know you might want to leave your phone somewhere because that microphone is always hot it is and then it can track where you are you know by how it's bouncing off of cell towers and then now they tell us to always keep our wi-fi on and your wi-fi is always going to be on that just strengthens the signal uh they can tell you know when it was trying to connect to this internet connection to that one you know it'll give a more precise location than your phone bouncing off a cell tower because your phone bouncing off a cell tower will actually you know give you kind of a general area where you were at you know you have them big ass towers but them big ass towers cover how many city blocks you know what i'm saying so it can give you the general area but they tell you to keep your wi-fi on you know so you can get a better connection speed but it's actually so 
they can see how your phone was trying to connect to free Wi-Fi and shit like that. You know how you just be walking around somewhere you be in Target. It's like, oh, you really want to connect to this Wi-Fi connection? It's like, no. You know, or you do yes because you're doing cartwheel or something like that. So when you're going to different places and it's just sitting, it'll it's bouncing off of every internet connection because that's how you see when you go to your, you know, your Wi-Fi and it pulls up all these locked, uh, these locked uh, modem locations and things of that sort. So these routers or Wi-Fi signals bouncing back to you. That's how they can tell precisely where you're at. So uh, don't tell on yourself. You know, your blackness is a crime right now, and uh, we'll talk about. You know, watching whiteness work and uh, selling hope like dope. But, uh, you know, this is a very trying time for us, for black folks. And uh, this is really going to tell, you know, in the future, where were you at, you know, when these events happened? Because right now, uh, white supremacy, uh, racism, white supremacy is just directly into our face right now. We see it coming. We're not confused like we were with liberal racism. And I want to you know try to help folks understand what liberal racism looks like think about your dog that's what i want y'all to think about you love your dog your dog is amazing like i love my dog boo she's a little fat puggle a pug and a beagle she's fat she's old and she's a diva i love her love her to death right but liberal racism looks like a human's relationship with their pet dog that's what it looks like it's like okay it's all good you know i feed you give you water let you outside to you know shit and piss you know and you know uh take you on walks and things like that that's that's the relationship of liberal racism right but you wouldn't dare most folks wouldn't dare give their dog people food you know i'm I'm cooking up some KC strips on the grill, you know, one for me, one for my wife, and then I'm going to throw a third one on for Boo. I'm not going to do that, and I'm not. She can have some of that gristle or that fat, but I'm not going to, you know, give her a whole last steak. Okay, she can, she can have her food, but I'm not going to put her dog bowl and her water dish on my dining room table to sit down and have dinner with us. She can go eat by the back door like she normally does. So that's how you have to look at like that liberal racism. Like we get kind of hung up on the, oh, well, these people like me and things like that. But it's liking you only so far until you become an equal. And then that's when it's like, oh, hold on there, darky. What the fuck are you doing? You know, so when you talk about seeking justice and rising up, they'll try to throw like Jesus at you or the church and like try to play it towards your religion or they'll try to flip it on you like well that's reverse racism you know when you start talking about reparations and things like that so liberal racism look is like your relationship with your pet dog that's what it's like so don't get confused it's just like your relationship with your dog think about it you love your dog but you wouldn't want your dog shitting and pissing in the house you know with you and that's the same thing as having you know a black person or uh, uh, a hispanic a white hispanic working in the same field as you making just as much as you and affording the things that you can have as long as you're a step below it's fine or a few steps below that's fine 
But once you start getting to that equal playing field and it's mano y mano, man to man or woman to woman, it, it you know that 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 liberal racism starts coming out and that it starts leaning towards the right, you know. And you have that chance to surpass that liberal also. So that's how you have to really think about that. And um, that's why I think black folks were so confused during the Obama era. You know, we were so confused. We were like, there's no racism. You know, I know Charlemagne was big on that during the Obama years. Ain't no such thing as racism. Ain't no such thing as racism. We had a black president, you know, and a lot of black folks were drinking that Kool-Aid. But boy, it came back tenfold directly in your face. It was just so faint that you really couldn't put your finger on it. It's just like you're being treated a little bit differently, but you're like, I just, I can't see it. But that one, that's how I want y'all to think about liberal racism. Liberal racism is like the relationship that you have with your dog. And I'm ranting, so let me stop. All right. So also, let's talk about um, what's going on over there at ESPN. So we got to look at some of these tactics that's being used. So we have NFL viewership being down mainly due to uh, at first it was the boycott you know I'm, i still haven't watched a damn game haven't even seen a highlight since uh no team has signed cap so i haven't watched a damn thing on tv nothing on my phone nothing nothing on my my macbook nothing and then once donald trump called out the nfl uh, talking about get them sons of bitches out of here all these players took a knee viewership even went way more down because then now you got the black folks and the people on the side of justice not watching then here come the the uh this is anti-american crowd the the that's you know basically hiding their white supremacist views behind uh, patriotism then they stopped watching you know so now you got all this so you got a huge group of people not watching the nfl so what does you know ESPN do? Like, oh, we gotta get these niggas back on here. So how do we do it? So now you got two battle rappers named uh, DNA and K Shine. So they got these guys on ESPN NFL Sunday Countdown. And uh, shout out to the brother My Song, uh, the battle rapper, for calling this out. So. Uh, on his uh, Snapchat, not his Snapchat, but his Instagram page, he called it out. So you have these two prominent battle rappers, K-Shine and DNA, uh, very well known in the battle leagues and the, you know, the, uh, uh, what's the brother's name? Uh, I forgot who holds those battles. Oh, man. God damn it. But there's just this prominent bat battle league that's always on, like, YouTube and things like that. You can, there's even pay-per-view events. And, um, uh, I cannot this brother's name is on the tip of my tongue but anyways these are like two of the the highlights the stars of it or whatever so now espn hired these guys to basically battle rap each other you know uh with the big games that they have or whatever you know one of you repping dallas the other one to be repping green bay and the next time it's atlanta and new england or something like that well not atlanta and new england that's like super bowl shit but um you get my drift so this is something that is trying to pull black folks back in or trying to pull the younger black folks in like hey hey come on over here don't don't worry about this whole protest shit don't don't worry about that come on in here watch this you know it's okay ain't nobody gonna judge you like look we got two brothers right here 
who's co-signing this bullshit. Come on and watch it. Come on and watch it. Just come on, just, just a little bit. Let's keep getting them advertising dollars. Let's just come on, just, just come on up in here. So that's a tactic that will be used when once you start, you know, hitting them in the wallet. Because like I said, America respects two things: violence and money. So if you don't go the violent route, you got to go the money route. So you stop watching. And advertising dollars kind of go down and people start talking about boycotting sponsors and things of that sort and then it's just like oh shit like we really got to start getting these, these Nick negroes back on point so they you know wave a few dollars in front of k-shiny dna and now all of a sudden it's like it's supposed to be all good and i seen a couple of videos on youtube and there was some brothers on the oh this is huge for battle rap this is huge for battle rap and uh the brother's name is smack smack i think that's it is it smack from the smack dvds i can't remember the fucking uh battle rapping leagues i i cannot but anyway there was brothers on youtube um talking about um you know how 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 this is so big for the culture and uh i'm just like yo y'all y'all still out here just watching football right now like that's what y'all really out here doing y'all like all this shit going on cap standing up putting his money where his mouth is and y'all just out here just like oh this is huge for the culture man this is huge for battle rap man this is this is crazy this is crazy i'm just like come on man like come on like how 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 yeah, but it's uh, the smack URL. I think that's it. But I don't know. It, it, it It's frustrating to me to see this because you see it from a mile away. When you see them wheel out some niggas like, hey, hey, come on, guys. Hey, it's not that bad. Come on. I'm getting a couple dollars. Hey, but fuck y'all. Y'all still dealing with, you know, systemic oppression. But fuck that. Come on. Come on. You know what I'm saying? It's, we have to stop, you know, putting me over we. That's, that's the whole thing that I'm getting at. And then you look at what happened to Jamel Hill being suspended for two fucking weeks for basically speaking truth to power. And they talking about she violated some kind of social media code. No, what she violated was the code of white supremacy. It's basically don't speak truth to power. Don't use your platform to basically tell people on how to be effective when it comes to uh dismantling a system and like i said uh, america respects two things money and violence and uh this going the money route it was uh going towards jerry jones and the dallas cowboys and uh, basically he's coming out saying that you know if players don't stand and you know for the national anthem he's gonna bench them and all this other shit just acting like a real plantation owner now you niggas was looking funny in the light last week when y'all was praising the dallas cowboys for coming out before the anthem to kneel and exposing white supremacy yada 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 but i was like ah, i can't big them up yet something ain't right here because this man jerry jones of the dallas the owner of the dallas cowboys he gave some money to trump so i'm like yeah something going on here something the fuck is going on and uh even though he was talking about uh it was about unity and the injustices going on in american press conference i was like nah son you're still looking funny in the light still looking fucking funny in the light and then we see him pull this stunt right here so this is a situation where you know as far as the whole 
Jamel Hill thing goes, and shout out to Michael Smith for basically not doing the show until she comes back. Um, you know, I'm, I'm just, you know, it's a tough pill to swallow, but I'm saying that I'm still going to stand with Jamel Hill. I will. Um, you know, even though she co-signed that fuck-ass article from Very Smart Brothers, you know, we have to stand side by side with each other, you know, when the beast approaches. And sometimes we have to stand in front of others so they won't become a victim. You know, the beast will always come after women and children. We know that off rip, coming after easy, soft targets. You know, if the men aren't there to protect them. So we got to chill with this whole plantation mentality of beefing with each other to shift focus away from banging on the beast. Because that's all that Very Smart Brothers article was doing. It's, you know, it's telling... Uh, is telling black society that black men, straight black men, I'm sorry, are the white people of black society. But we're seeing all these instances of actual white power working, of white power structure working, just with the Jerry Jones incident right then and there, right? But, you know, it's easy to say that black men are the white people of black society because black men are an easy scapegoat, right? It's just easy. You know, we are the ones being murdered the most by law enforcement. You know, we're locked up at the highest rate in the world because a strong black man united with an agenda can turn white supremacy on his head. You know that. You know when you're conquering any type of village, country or whatever, you got to wipe out the men, brainwash the women so the women will tell the kids and she tell the little boys don't stand up to this power regime because you'll end up just like your daddy dead in the grave right that's that's just just the strategy of war when you're overtaking something when you're overthrowing something you cut off the head so the body will follow right and not saying that you know men are the head of the body but you take out the strongest ones first physically right the protectors so anyways i mean just me saying that black men uniting with an agenda can turn white supremacy on his head you look at the nfl 70 percent black black men make the game exciting but somehow old white men with money got them spooked to stand up against racism white supremacy you know if all the black players just stood just stopped showing up the nfl would be dismantled and these bigoted ass armchair quarterbacks would roll over and die you know these people talking shit online like could you imagine if every single black player was like nah i'm good don't even show up to the damn stadium on sunday and monday or thursday don't even fucking show up like you got probably what nine ten white players on the field you know probably playing two-hand touch trying to figure something out right you have to realize that you have more power than you think that's something that you have to look at um let's see here um like i said we do have we have more power than we say we do than they say we do your blackness is a crime the fbi let you know that in this system of racism white supremacy and you just look at the president of the united states of america you know just gave a shout out to christopher bedford who wrote a book called the art of the donald lessons from america's philosopher in chief Christopher Bedford is the editor-in-chief of the damn Daily Caller, which is a rest haven for bigots online. The Daily Caller is a rest haven for bigots online. So that's just letting you know where Trump stands, right? So yes, I do stand with Jamel Hill 
but I sure as hell will keep my head on a swivel around her. I tell you that right now. <laughs> and it's selling hope like dope. I want y'all to watch how whiteness works and how real power works. Then you tell me that black men, straight black men, are the white people of black society. Hove, what you got? I got 99 problems, but a bitch ain't one. I smoke rocks. I smoke rocks. Thank you so much, Tyrone Biggums, for that lovely, lovely intro as always. So we're here selling hope like dope, and we are about to watch whiteness work, or actually listen to whiteness work. So first things first, let's talk about your uh, vice president, Mike Pence. Uh, something's going on with this man. Something ain't right in the head with this guy. We know he's at war with the LGBTQIAA uh, family. Uh, he's also put his stamp on going to war with blackness. Your blackness is a crime right now. Uh, this was the whole stunt that he pulled at Lucas Oil Stadium, home of my Indianapolis Colts, that I have no idea how they're doing this season. But so we knew this all was all staged. Um, Mike Pence had an event to go to at four o'clock. The uh, 49ers and the Colts game wasn't going to be over till well after 4.30, so he was going to leave anyway early. Um, he posted a staged photo from 2014. He posted an old photo of him and his wife at Lucas Oil Stadium, and uh, he tried to repost it again, saying how happy he was uh, to go to the be at the game or something to that extent. And then the press got wind of this too, and... Uh, they really wasn't letting anybody in. So those were something to give you a hint of this bullshit, right? So we get to the game. Uh, the national anthem is being played. Mike Pence walks out because some 49ers players are kneeling. So this whole narrative of disrespecting America is trying to whitewash what the actual message is. But do we live in a society, America, here's the question, where racism is so entangled in the fabric of America when you speak out against injustice, against racism, that you're speaking out against the country because that's what it looks like. I know they're trying to whitewash it and say that you're disrespecting the flag, but it looks like that it's just everything is just coming up. This is the tipping point. It's just coming up to the top. You know, you've seen the whole last iceberg from the microaggressions to the redlining to the police brutality, just all the way. Just the whole, whole damn iceberg is being revealed, right? And so that is watching power and whiteness works. So this man is basically going to get his base behind him to attack more black players and to show these black deviants, you know, to stop disrespecting the flag. So they had this whole grand gesture that cost you and I, taxpaying citizens, even if you buy a goddamn uh, notebook for 70 cents, you're paying tax on it, so you're still a taxpaying citizen, you know, even if it's not coming out your paycheck. For my folks out there getting that hand-to-hand -hand money, you're still out there paying taxes on something. It's not food related and if you are some states you are buying food and it has tax on it too but anyway um it's disgusting to see that the president the vice president would use what it was about two hundred and forty thousand dollars of taxpayers money to pull off a publicity stunt like this to galvanize racist bigots and disguise it as patriotism 
and I've been telling y'all this for I don't know how many episodes about white supremacy, uh, white supremacist views disguised as patriotism. They don't give a fuck about the red, white, and blue. And there was another event in Charlottesville. These sickos went back to the damn area and did some kind of bullshit ass flash mob type shit these fucking uh nazis and they were chanting russia is our friend so that just lets you know that these bigots don't give a fuck about the red white and blue the stars and stripes and what it's supposed to mean they don't give a fuck like you look at the goddamn uh national anthem and i say that in quotes you know one of the verses is celebrate slavery you know killing slaves that would went to go fight with the british against the united states so talk to me talk to me the fans of francis scott key let me know what's going on is america so tangled in racism founded on racism and the suffering of the darker peoples of the world that is just American culture because I mean uh, our sister uh, Dr. Francis Cress Wilson told us not to fall for the okie doke when people start talking about western culture and western society that just means white supremacy that just means racism white supremacy that's all that it means and we're seeing that right now all these players wanted to do was bring to light the injustices this darker folks of the Americas are facing you know, we have a president in the White House who started his campaign saying that white Hispanics, Mexicans, were coming up here, dealing drugs and raping people. And we got to build that wall. That's how he started his campaign. That's how this man started his campaign and rode that wave all the way to the White House. He rode on a wave of racism and xenophobia and sexism. Rode that wave, and then they pulled this bullshit-ass publicity stunt. You're just proving why players should continue to kneel. The vice president used $240,000 of the taxpayers' money to go and show that he was some kind of Billy Badass and walked out because he didn't want to see somebody disrespect our flag and our country talk about how you got in the white house let's talk about how the president got in the white house with the help of russia let's talk about disrespecting the fucking flag it never was about the flag it was about your black ass our black asses falling in line with white supremacy and staying in our place how dare we challenge white supremacy that's power right there that's power working that's power working right there. And let's talk about Jerry fucking Jones. You know, everybody was sucking that them old scrotum balls, them 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 old fucking powdered eggs that he has in his sack. People sucking them and talking about, oh, look at that, standing up to racism and all this other shit. And I was like, nah, I can't I can't co-sign any of this shit because this was this was all about standing in unity with the NFL because. President Trump called players sons of bitches. It was challenging him. But now Jerry Jones fell right on in line and threatened his players, saying that if they kneeled, somehow protested during the national anthem, he would bench them. 
folks were singing his praises just weeks ago. That motherfucker was looking funny in the light with his old ass. And, you know, owners are even bribing players. I saw a story about Martha Ford, who owns the Detroit Lions. She told her players that if they stood for the anthem, that she would donate money to their causes and put her name behind the cause. Ain't that some shit? That is some shit on a stick right there. Dipped in some batter and fried up for you for free. That is some shit, boy. Bribing you with money and donations. The, the, the beast knows how to work, don't it? That beast of white supremacy, racism, white supremacy knows how to work. You go back and look at ESPN getting those uh, those young hip brothers, K-Shine and DNA, the battle rappers to, you know, bring some flavor, you know, bring that younger crowd in. And you look at Martha Ford. She ain't, you know, that that's how that that that's that finesse and that that white woman supremacy works. You know, it's just uh, like in the book, White Women's Rights, when it talks about how women came to the white men and just like you know stop going into these uh these countries you know when i think whatever i think we're talking about africa splitting up africa and things like that and uh just other and then giving different examples of them coming into you know native people's lands and uh you know don't go in there with force you know send the women in there first you know to sweet talk them and teach them about the bible and the white jesus and things of that sort you know that's her like look how she's doing it and look how jerry jones doing jerry jones just like fuck it you know janelle you ain't playing but she's saying please stand you know i'll donate some money to your cause and put my name behind it but i just need you to front for me for a little bit you know i need you to you know that that's that's it's like uh the house and the field you know jerry jones running it you know like a like a slum lord like a slum plantation owner she's just trying to finesse it like i'm kind to my negroes you know if this was back in slavery days you know that 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 raggedy cotton that them uh slave on them slaves used to wear uh that real tattered and hard that bad part of the cotton that you really couldn't use they would use for slave clothes she would have that clean well they would clean it but you know she would clean they probably have two outfits instead of one at that plantation but um yeah that's that's another that's more whiteness watching it work that's how real power works it's manipulative it, it either manipulates you by fear or money you know or humiliation that's that's how power works that's how power manipulates and then let's look at um you know they even ex- uh the brother uh not the brother but the sheriff steve pratter of louisiana know he's making a statement and confirming what we've been saying about slavery with the fucking uh broken window policing and shit like that uh let me let me pull this up so this uh sheriff was basically giving a news conference and he was talking about how he was pissed that non-violent offenders was was going to be let go that's what he was he was he was pissed at and and i quote he said in addition to the bad ones and i call these bad in addition to them they're releasing some good ones that we use every day to wash cars to change oil in our cars to cook in the kitchen to do all that where we save money but they're going to let them out he's talking about the non-violent offenders who are in there you know maybe for weed a little bit of weed or something like that and uh or they might have had some crack back in the 90s you know before obama became president you know up until the 
late 2000s, you know, probably caught with a little with a few rocks or something like that. And they hit him with that mandatory sentencing and things like mandatory minimums, uh, something to that extent. And, you know, these are people who, you know, who haven't made any trouble or things like that. They just wanted to, you know, get a spider bag off. You know, they wanted to get high. And so now they in there, you know, working for damn near free, making pennies an hour. And he's talking about that saving money. And he, I mean, he talk about him like he, he sounds like a, a slave owner that just, you know, got word of the Emancipation Proclamation. Just like, well, what about my good ones? You know, not them rowdy ones out in the field. You letting them rowdy ones out. They're going to kill everybody. But my good ones, I need them to stay. I like them, you know. So that that's what power looks like. So me giving you them examples of Mike Pence going to the Colts game and leaving because black players are kneeling martha ford trying to pay her players to stand of the detroit lions jerry jones just tried to strong arm him with his old ass and then you got this sheriff you know actually admitting to you know it's just slavery admitting to locking folks up just for sheer slavery that's how power works so with those examples my listeners i want you to tell me are straight black men the white people of black society with these with that that's what power looks like those examples i gave you so show me how black men are the white straight black men i keep forgetting the straight part are the white people of black society that's how real that's what real power looks like and that's how real power flexes don't don't play that shit with me but that's been selling hope like damn dope getting these packs off this portion of D-Rags and Boat Shoes has been brought to you by the letter L as in hey yo my guy my hands are full give me a hand here can you hold this L all right so holding this L has to be the west coast y'all west west y'all the uh what is it out in Cali or um the LA Times wrote an article saying that this is some wild shit. So if you knowingly have HIV and you use it as a weapon, meaning you have unprotected sex with somebody, knowing that you have HIV, it is no longer going to be a felony. It is going to be a misdemeanor. This is nothing but fucking liberalism at its finest. It's all about feelings and things like that and the stigmas behind it like this is hiv this shit turns into full-blown aids a child sneezes on you you dying in a week okay people are crazy and bitter out in these streets you know some dude is walking around here with the hiv dick and he's just like oh it's a misdemeanor now okay cool i'm raw dogging all damn day we have to stop considering people's feelings in situations like this. I know we have this huge movement with the LGBTQIAA uh, society going on and things of that sort. And I feel like that could be something in it with uh, how GLAD is pushing this to the forefront. You know what's interesting about GLAD? Uh, the, whole, the whole mission for them, I was listening to a podcast with GLAD. I think it was on Pod Save the People with uh the ray and uh some more folks and um 
he was interviewing the lady from glad and this is wild the whole point of glad is basically to normalize you know gay lesbian asexual trans relationships through media and entertainment that's the whole purpose of it to basically normalize it and bring it out to the forefront and make people more comfortable with it black folks we need an agency like this that basically normalizes us black men and women don't see the women as hypersexual don't see the men as sexual deviants that you know just running around killing folks left and right like we really need to get an agency like that but going back to this this is uh this is a step in the wrong direction in my opinion uh you know hiv is nothing to play with i know we have uh, amazing uh advancements in medicine but what about the people too ashamed to go to the doctor to get their meds or to get tested for hiv and things like that then all of a sudden it blows up and turns into aids okay so they're just want they want this stigma to go away but there are some vengeful dirty ass folks out here and your body is a weapon if you have a lethal disease like that let's not stop playing let's let's stop playing because you don't want to hurt somebody's feelings if a motherfucker got hiv he or she got hiv and they need to be honest with their partners up front you know off rip you have to be honest about something that damn deadly and serious but to drop it down to a misdemeanor it just shows me that somebody's you know been greasing the palms of uh some pipe somebody in the high courts and uh some kind of public official something somebody been getting a, some some ducats and some money in a brown paper bag dropped off at they step and uh it's very scary it is a very scary situation um let's see here what's going on with your man harvey weinstein what the fuck is going on with that so a story came out about harvey weinstein sexually assaulting actresses and just being a, a deviant a beast uh just being just dirty and disgusting and then it's just the floodgates just opened on this motherfucker it's like he's the sacrificial lamb for the dirty open secret of hollywood there's remember how people always talk about like the illuminati and shit like that and all this other crazy shit and sex sacrifices that that's just the casting couch in hollywood when you see a motherfucker blow up out of nowhere in a movie that's gonna make them the biggest star you know they didn't they didn't they didn't uh dangle some balls male or female they didn't pay, play the dick flute solo on somebody one of them old jewish dudes uh up in hollywood and it's just came out that harvey weinstein he, he's one of them nasty motherfuckers i read a story there's a former fox news host um, I read this on the Daily Mail. She said she was at a club or something that Harvey owned or he was a co-owner or something like that. He had some kind of dealings and he was showing her around the club. This motherfucker walked, they walked her down a hallway or something. This motherfucker whipped his dick out in front of her and started jacking off into a plant. And once he busted a nut, he went on about his business showing her everything around her. I'm like, what the fuck? And then Rose McGowan, she called him out on the bullshit and then 
Gwyneth Paltrow came out saying stuff. Angelina Jolie came out saying stuff. It's just all these actresses are coming out, uh, speaking out against this. And, um, you know, it's dope to see that, but it's crazy to see people live, you know, these so called glamorous lives, but they had these had to go through this bullshit to get there and it's just a secret that they've had to deal with so long and i know they feel refreshed to let that out um but that is it is wild seeing this shit it is crazy that he was just beyond being out here just being predatory on all these women out here that is fucking wild like this old big fat nasty motherfucker just out here just groping women trying to get women to give him a massage butt ass naked and then there was one story i read um this uh i forgot this woman's name i think i forgot her name but uh she was at his house and or his apartment or his hotel room or something he brought in another chick because the actress the main actress was i guess bi or she was a lesbian or something or she was you know experimenting with women so he was trying to get a threesome to pop off so one woman was with it his little flunky or his crony and she wasn't with it she was like i'm not getting down with you two motherfuckers so she you know she got uncomfortable she but she started singing to change that sexual energy into something else and then she dipped the fuck up out the room i'm like what the fuck and then uh who was it ashley judd from kiss the girl she was saying that you know the time uh times where he was butt ass naked hopping out the shower or something just walking up to her or something like that something weird like that i'm like yo what the fuck and then your man's terry cruz looked like a whole ass bitch out here in the streets he, t- he was tweeting out how he was at a party with his wife and some exec came up and just fondled his dick and balls right in front of his wife. Like, you know how disrespectful that is? Like, in front of your lady, some dude just comes up and starts tickling your taint, your balls, your your dick just... And he said he didn't he smacked his hand away, but he didn't do shit about it. I'm like, you getting knocked smooth the fuck out, like right in the middle of the party. Like my wife is right here as a witness. Like, you getting knocked smooth the fuck out. I'm suing you and I'm cashing out. But he was talking about he was thinking about his kids and all this other shit and to continue working. I'm like, brother, you don't need to be in a position like that where if somebody comes up sexually assaults you, you can't defend yourself. Like, you know how fucked up in the game you are and where your soul is at for you to be in a position like that. And then James Vanderbeek from uh, Dawson's Creek and from Diplo off of uh, Viceland was talking about how he's been in numerous situations as a, you know, as a teen star with older uh, male execs, you know, trying to, you know, get him to bust his asshole open and all this other shit. So that is just an open secret in Hollywood for you to bust them butt cheeks open if you a man if you a woman you know bust that poontane open and uh you know let them get up in there that is disgusting and gross these men control hollywood and then it just makes so much more sense of all the bullshit that you see on tv or you see in these these actors and actresses that can't act for shit and you're like how is this the it person and you're like oh they must suck a mean dick they must play a mean dick flute solo or something. Or them butt cheeks must be super moist or something. This is wild. And then, you know, what's crazy is uh, 
Jay-Z and some other people um, are forming a group to purchase Harvey Weinstein's part of the company that he owns, his production company. I think he owns like 23% of his company. But I think they forced him out. So now it's just kind of up in the air. So Jay-Z is teaming with some people to try to buy his portion. I'm like, that's a cold-blooded-ass move, but make that shit happen. Oh, you know, you got to own your own shit. But this is this is disgusting. And, you know, what's crazy is James Vanderbeek and Terry Crews won't name the exec. And it's like, okay, I see where you're sharing, but you got to name these motherfuckers. Just put it out there in the open while this wave is going so tough right now. So you can dismantle that whole shit, that whole sexual predator type shit and um cory feldman you know he's been saying it for years that you know old dude's been busting his asshole open when he was a kid and shit like that and uh, it's, it's true you know these these child actors and actresses uh you know they just get put out there and the uh, shorty from uh modern family the one with the glasses uh ariel winter i think that's her name she was talking about how her mother sexualized her when she was super little you know the you know once modern family was popping or something like that or even before that having her wear tight shit and stuff like that to look good for executives and just trying to uh, adult her up you know for uh to get parts and shit like that when she was trying to make it into hollywood and to get a job and it's just it's fucking disgusting that you would whore your child out like that um there is some sick shit going on in hollywood out there so i mean in this day and age where we have the internet and it's so easy to create content and shit of that like that like to create your own content you got instagram you know you can do shit on uh, youtube and things like that you know these these advertisers and shit like that will come directly to you you know if you pop it enough if you if you grinding and hustling like that and make sure you just own your own shit so you won't be on some uh dirty ass pleather couch with some ky jelly and your goddamn trousers around your ankles and you know one jordan on and the other jordan thrown off in the corner and you you got your cheeks wide open don't do that don't do that but anyways i mean with the hiv uh knowingly being a misdemeanor now and this hollywood shit i mean god damn what's side? i mean y'all gotta hold this l damn you win perfect all right so moving on to not all heroes wear capes um let me ask y'all uh do we give it to slim shady with his uh bet freestyle off of the bet hip-hop awards uh the thing that i appreciated about it was him calling out fans you know you can't be a fan of his and you know be a supporter of trump a supporter of the cheeto in chief you know the freestyle was dope but you know i ain't ever forgot his war with the source and benzino uh you know the magazine they had in magazine with the cd of him dissing black girls and then it was another recording that was supposedly supposed to be him saying the n-bomb uh it was like i'm on the i don't like that nigga shit because i'm in the bigger hits or something like that but it didn't sound like him but some white boys came to the source to dave mays in the source and said that uh 
they had an audio recording of him saying the n-word but he did eminem did confirm that that was him shitting on black women black girls and you know he was fronting and he said that he had a black girlfriend at the time that broke his heart and uh i was just like whatever then he rapped about it on the song i think it was yellow brick road the second verse or the last verse one of them verses and uh he made a lot of black men a lot of money he made dre filthy fucking rich he did and um or made dre a lot more money than from his death row days and uh but i still keep my eye on uh mr mathers i know he didn't had a couple of freestyles you know uh talking about police brutality and the victims of it the black victims of it uh but i just keep i keep my eye on sl- the slim one I, I keep my eye on ken kniff from connecticut oh yeah you know i keep my eye on that motherfucker that's that's a joke if you ever listen to any of his older albums but um you know what fuck keith over oberman or whatever uh, for his hot ass take and appreciating uh eminem's freestyle but he wasn't a fan of rap growing up well not even growing up but when i used to work at uh tarjay when i was like 18 19 years old this is right when uh i'm old y'all this is right when uh get richard die trying came out was at oh three yeah that was oh three so yeah i was 19 it was round so i was yeah 19 and uh yeah and so there you know and this was in the eight mile soundtrack was out and shit like that and i used to get into it with older white people that i worked with who wasn't quote unquote i wasn't a fan of rap but they liked Eminem music. That's just saying that that melanin is too spicy for you. You know, I ain't trying to hear these niggas, you know, talk all this shit. But I listen to this white boy. He got something to say. This motherfucker be rapping about raping his own mother, you know, killing women and all this just weirdo shit. But you can listen to that, but you ain't gonna listen to, you know, some Chuck D or some Public Enemy and uh, some Talib Kweli or some Most Deaf, Black Star, you know, if you, you want to get deep into hip hop, the roots or something like that, even if you like live bands, percussions and things of that sort, you ain't gonna listen to the roots, you ain't gonna give them a chance, but you're gonna get this blonde hair white boy a chance you know, like get the fuck out of here but keith overman was talking about you know something of 27 years he ain't been a fan of rap but you know eminem for president 2020 i'm like get the fuck out of here it just brought up all these old feelings of me i used to be riding hard for hip-hop i still do i don't play that shit you ain't gonna disrespect hip-hop i love hip-hop everything from breaking to tagging to djing to emceeing all four elements i fucking love them to death because it was an escape for us growing up so we wouldn't be in out here gang banging and shit like that like we used to just be freestyle battling up at adam center and uh when we wasn't hooping and shit like that or if it was raining out or something we'd be in somebody's basement you know listening to somebody doing break beats and people breaking in the basement and shit like that and or we'd be somewhere tagging that you know even though that's illegal but it just kept us from you know being out here hanging out with these crips hanging out with these bloods and uh hanging out with folk these are fake yeah i'm folks i'm folks i don't know if y'all remember this but uh this was like if you was like crip adjacent like you hung out with crips but you didn't get jumped in now i'm just folks i'm just folks you know you were blood adjacent you didn't get jumped in but you just hung out with them niggas because you lived in the neighborhood you know but anyway but hip-hop saved my life i love it to death 
I've always wanted a job dealing in hip hop. I always thought that I was going to be like a reporter or something, working, you know, on the hip hop network or owning the hip hop network or something to that extent. But because there's a wide variety of what you can cover and things of that sort. And I hate how the MC just kind of blown up and doesn't reach back to the break dancers, the DJs, you know, the, the artists, the taggers, you know. That's a different story, but I don't like people shitting on hip-hop. That's just something that I will not stand for. So Keith Overman, he can eat a dick. He really can. I mean, he can go back to ranting about Trump. Don't talk this hip-hop shit. Like, don't don't talk this rap shit. Don't talk this tagging shit. Don't talk this DJing shit. Don't talk this breaking shit. Don't talk that shit at all. That's something you don't know shit about, you know? So that's what kind of really pissing me off about this whole Eminem situation, even more so than, uh, you know, than black folks like, oh, Eminem invited to the barbecue and shit like that. Just stop saying that shit like that. I get tired of black folks just doing that shit. I get I, I just get tired of it. Like just, you know, speaking out against racism, speaking out against white supremacy, that shit, everybody should be doing that. You know, but the littlest gesture, just like, oh my God, oh, this is the second coming of Dr. King and Malcolm X rolled in one. So like, stop, stop, my G. But um, this is going to be a long process battling white supremacy and trying to replace that with a system of justice. Because uh, we had some power, some powerful examples just showing you how power work and selling hope like dope. You know, from Mike Pence, Martha Ford, uh, Jerry Jones, uh, that sheriff down in Louisiana, just showing you how power will work and how it will rear its ugly head. And then even going back to the Summer Jam screen in the FBI with this whole BIE thing. So this is basically just it's going to be a war on blackness. We knew they were going to come for us. You know, it, it was them, you know, starting with the Muslims. You know, then they start fucking with the Hispanics, you know, the Mexicans, the white Hispanics, talking about they're going to build this wall and then doing DACA and shit like that. They were, it was only a matter of time before they came for us. And uh, this, this, and, you know, the tactics are already in place. Um, and uh, this, is this is just the excuse for them to continue to harm us, this whole BIE thing, you know. So we've seen it, the Muslim ban, DACA. Um, and now we got the BIE thing. We knew they was gonna come for us. We knew they was gonna come hard. But the FBI, you know, they they sent out you know a document and edict, whatever you want to call it, to justify you know killing woke black folks. So you know, conscious black folks, black folks who are aware that they're black and they're in a system of oppression. That's what I should say. But um, I guess we could say Eminem is a hero that doesn't wear a cape. Um, it was a dope freestyle. I couldn't deny the rhyme schemes that he had and things of that sort. And, uh, you know, what I really appreciated about him was calling out them fans that listen to his music and try to support Trump. Because uh, I don't know about y'all, my listeners, like I said, the East Coast fucks with me heavy. Um, there's a few listeners out west, but the east coast, I don't know what's going on out east. They fuck with me heavy out there in like the Maryland area and things like that. Um, so shout out to y'all, but I don't know about y'all, but here in uh, good old Omaha, Nebraska, Black Omaha, that's the down north part, like I said, East Omaha. I've explained that before, but uh, there's pockets of uh, you know, poor white folks and things like that, so and it's just crazy as fuck. You will see. You will see a chick out here driving a Mustang with a Confederate flag plate, license plate, like a decal or whatever, 
bumping little Boosie with two little mixed kids in the back seat. So I and I tweeted, I was like, you know, he gonna have that crowd that wears Confederate flag belt buckles and Jordans confused as fuck. And there's so many of them. There is so many of these white folks in my city like that in the poor areas, poor areas of the city. Just be out here in a goddamn Stars and Bars t-shirt wearing a pair of uh, Zoom soldiers with your LeBron shoes. You like what? Like what? What is going on here? Like how are you so confused? And I've literally seen, like I said, this. I don't know. Somebody gonna find this woman that drives that Mustang, and they gonna be like, "Hey, I heard about you on do rags and bow shoes." But this is the guy's honest truth. There is a woman that drives around the city, be bumping like Lil Boosie and all this other shit, and, and she has like a Confederate flag like designer plate, and little little mixed kids, you know, be sitting in the back seat. You like, what the fuck? Confused as hell, just ignorant and confused. But anyway, that's been not all heroes wear capes. All right, so moving on to health over wealth. You know what I say, without your health, you can't enjoy your wealth. And this quote is very fitting. It comes from Ann Sweeney, and it says, define success on your own terms, achieve it by your own rules, and build a life you're proud to live. I wanna talk to uh, people about you know living life on your own terms and defining success on your own terms, right? So Amanda Diva, a.k.a. Amanda Seals, a.k.a. Tiffany from uh, HBO's Insecure was tweeting out some some hot takes. You know, she was talking about if you got Jordans in a Nike suit, you know, and you're sleeping on an air mattress, you're losing. Uh, if you got the same two things and you don't have a passport, you're losing. If you got the same two things and you don't have a credit card, you're losing. Same two things and you don't... Um, know your credit score you're losing right and it's very black and white these statements right so people act like you know uh having they act like a pair of jordans the cost of a pair of jordans you know is going to give you freedom somewhere else right and and i hate how black folks always pin the blame on air jordan like these goddamn yeezys ain't out here going for fucking $1,300 $1,300 for a pair of Zebra 350s or how the 750s is going for about uh, two grand for the original gray ones. You know, let's stop using Jordan all the time. You can get a pair of Jordans for 90 damn dollars. You know what I'm saying? I didn't came up on a few pairs of Jordans, especially the later models. Like I got a pair of 31s, uh, the Cosmic ones from uh, the All-Star game. I got those ones, those purple ones with like the orange Jumpman, the neon orange Jumpman on them. The motherfucker was going for 185 I got them bitches for like $90 on clearance off of Nike.com. I'm always watching the clearance section. So let's let's just stop with that right now, the Nike suit and all this other shit. Especially coming from Amanda Diva, right? Uh, this is a self-proclaimed sneakerhead. She did an interview with the shoe game back in 2011. And she was talking about how she bought a pair of kicks. Uh, let, let me let me bring it up all the way. Let me see here. You can go to the shoegame.com and pull up the article, and it says Amanda Diva. That was her rapping name. Talks of uh, being the sneaker fiend with the shoe game, right? Um, and so they said you mentioned on Twitter that you're a sneaker fiend. 
when did you realize that you were a sneaker fan? And she says, when I decidedly chose to buy a pair of kicks over a meal. The hunger pains will pass, but the kicks will be forever. Okay, so now we got a job on Insecure. We got that HBO check coming in. Now all of a sudden, having a, a pair of Jordans in a Nike suit and not having a passport makes you a, a loser in life. So that's why I bring up that quote. Don't let somebody who just got their foot in the door in Hollywood, you know, dictate what success is or what what is winning at life. Because you could be out here in a pair of Team Jordans, uh, $60 Team Jordans, and uh, a clearance Nike suit that you got from the outlet for $40. And you could be just living your best life. You happy as a... You know, as a as a pig and rolling in some shit. You know, you can just be happy as fuck. You know, you be happy as me. You know, when I go to Pettit's on Tuesday, and Pettit's is a local bakery here, and I love their donuts. You know, define success. Let you define what success is. Um, you know, it could be some. It could be you know. You could look at you know Gary Vaynerchuk always talks about how he knows people with millions of dollars who are just miserable just hate their life just fucking miserable and he knows some guys is making you know 50 60 thousand dollars a year but their family is good and they're just happy they're just happy so you define what success is to you so many times we think success is uh you know is having this this you know making six figures a year or seven or eight figures a year and traveling the world and doing all that shit well for some folks they just want to live a simple life you know don't let others define what success is to you if you want to have fucking you want to collect every fucking pair of jordans from one to 32 we're up to series 32 right now collect them motherfuckers you know, do what makes you happy because I ain't met a motherfucker yet that has been resurrected talking about what the afterlife is like and came back to this hellhole that we call Earth. You live your best life. You live life on your terms. And if you don't want to get on that plane and fly across the globe, hop your ass on a Greyhound and, you know, go down to Alabama and visit your folks. There ain't nothing wrong with that. There is nothing wrong with that. I not get so goddamn tired of black folks who have spent their little $75, $80 to get their passport. And then they just, you know, I got my passport, nigga. I got my passport, nigga. And you ain't got a goddamn stamp in there. Ain't got a damn one of them stamps. And it's crazy how Amanda Diva is, you know, saying that people are losing and shit like that when she was just asking for money to get a comedy series, you know, or, or you know, try to get a comedy series launched or a TV show that she was trying, trying to do. You know, when people was donating a hundred dollars here, fifty dollars here, Charlemagne donated a thousand dollars to her. You was just asking people for money on the internet, not too long ago. But now all of a sudden. You got this steady paycheck coming in. Now, all of a sudden, oh, nigga, I'm on my high horse, nigga. I'm looking down on you, nigga. You know, like, get the fuck out of here. Fuck out of here. You know, I'm not going to look down on any fucking body. If you live in your best life, you happy, you happy. Only thing that I say is don't let your kids suffer if you have children. 
kids are always gonna come first. They have to come first. But if you just out here, if you wanna sleep on a fucking uh, air mattress in a in a one bedroom fucking apartment, hey, if your bills paid, your money left over, you wanna buy you some J's? I'm not gonna judge you, nigga. You happy? Hell yeah, I'm happy. Cause I know when I put on a fresh pair of J's, I'm a sneaker fiend, and I ain't, ain't nobody gonna shit on me for weren't rocking clean kicks. But I got a rule. My rule has always been, even when I was fucking 18, 19 years old buying kicks, if I couldn't buy it twice, I, I, then I couldn't afford it. Like, if I couldn't buy a pair of kicks twice and still pay rent, pay my phone bill and shit like that and pay the light bill, then I just I couldn't afford them. You know, it's like, okay, maybe next week I catch them or shit, they're going to retro again. I'll catch them in a few years. That's just always been the thought process, you know. But hey, you spend your last on it, hey, that's you. You define it, that's success to you, because I know when I put on a fresh pair of kicks, and I go in my closet and I see my kicks and I put on a fresh clean pair, I feel like a million dollars, ain't nothing gonna stop my day, nothing. Like that's a confidence boost for me. Me throwing on a pair of kicks, this fly, shit. Can't tell me nothing, I be bummy from, from head to ankle. But from, from ankle down to my big toe, to my pinky toe, I'm fresh as hell, boy. I'm, whoo, you can't tell me nothing. I'll be in a pair of dad jeans and a pair of killer uh, black cat Air Jordan 30s. Or I might be in a, a pair of uh, uh, CP3 uh, Chris Paul uh, Air Jordan 13s, them Hornet colorways. Shit, you can't tell me nothing. Or a pair of NMD khakis. No, you can't tell me a damn thing. I'd be feeling like a million bucks. Million damn dollars. I could have a migraine. You know, I could have diarrhea. I could be constipated at the same time. I throw in them pair of kicks. I still feel like a million bucks. But that's just me. That's my relationship with sneakers. I I just feel like I just I just feel just like I'm lighter on my feet. I, it makes me feel good. It does. You know that refreshing feeling that you get? After you take a long hot shower, after you've been worked a long ass day, you just come out, you like, damn, I needed that. That's how I feel when I put on a fresh pair of kicks. But I feel like that the whole day. Wouldn't you want that shower feeling the whole day? Just that well rested, I'm just cleaning the motherfucking feeling. That's why I do it. It's, it's a great feeling. It's an amazing feeling. I'm a fan of the architecture of the of the sneakers. I just, I love it. I love it. I'm in a probably, I don't know, about six, seven sneaker groups on Facebook. And I'm always trying to catch somebody slipping to sell me a cheap pair of kicks. But it's we have to stop shaming each other. That's the thing. You know, like I brought up, you know, Amanda Diva's past of her talking about she didn't pass on a meal for a pair of kicks. You know, and asking for money to get her show popping on youtube or what kind of series she was trying to launch some kind of comedy series or whatever and now all of a sudden these hbo checks is running in and you know she's probably getting more offers because they see in her acting range and things like that now all of a sudden folks in jordans and nike suits are losing because they don't know their credit score or they ain't got a credit card I'm gonna say, uh, what's what's my net man's name? There's a rapper. I forgot the I forgot the man's name, but he said, he said, uh, you know, if I got the cash, what I need the credit for? Oh, he said, motherfucker, credit score. Because if I got the cash, then what I need the credit for? You know. But hey, a lot of us ain't got money like that, so we have to play the credit game. You know. 
And a quick way to play the credit game is to get a secured credit card. So take that Jordan money, that little $200 for a fresh pair of J's. Go get you a secured credit card where you have to, you know, put that deposit down for $200. Pay that off, you know, five, six months, you know, just use it for socks and gas and things like that. But pay it off on time every month. Next thing you know, you're going to get an offer for like a $300 credit card from Capital One. You know, that's not secure, then your credit score is going to go up, and then you pay on that on time for about six, seven months. They'll bump it up to $200 here, so you got $500, and another $250 to $750, then another $250. Now you got a $1,000 credit card. Next thing you know, you keep playing that game, you got a fucking $5,000 or $10,000 credit card, you know? But that's if you want to play the credit game. But if you're happy where you at, hey, live your life, my G. But hey, that's been episode 99 of Do Rags and Boat Shoes. We creeping up on 100. I don't know what the hell I'm going to do. I need to brainstorm with the squad, you know, and see what I can do for episode 100. But uh, thank y'all. I love y'all. And I will catch y'all next week for the one double zero. One.